This is Cantus Firmus, Kingdom Theology for Christians Without a Country. Greetings, you're listening to Cantus Firmus. I'm Cody Cook. Um, one idea I've been flirting with uh, a little bit is this idea of separation. So uh, Christians are told to be holy, which means separate throughout the Bible. They're also told to come out of Babylon, which is a code name for the world system of empire and idolatry um, in the book of Revelation and actually kind of throughout the Bible, but especially there. Um, also, there's this, this other philosophy called uh, agorism, which is rooted in separation as well. It's an idea that's related to anarchism, wherein people pull out of, as, as much as possible, the economic system and engage in voluntary trade with each other. Uh, sometimes the, the goal is to starve the system, but it, it, at minimal, it's, it's a way of sort of separating, at minimum. Uh, it's no surprise then that many Christians and many agorists also support homeschooling, which is a method of teaching children apart from an educational system that prepares kids to participate in society as the state wants it to be. So uh, while these ideas uh, rooted in separation, uh, I think can be very attractive uh, for anybody who's not really satisfied with the way things are, there are some downsides that, uh, that can come with them. So Christians are called to be shining lights on a hill, to be sure, but we're also told to love our neighbors and live in the world even as we try to be distinct from it and its patterns. Uh, Rod Dreher comes to mind. He's a Christian writer who's argued in his book, The Benedict Option, that it's time for Christians to separate from the culture and wait until it implodes on itself, and then we can emerge <laughs> and uh, kind of put the pieces back together. So th that title, The Benedict Option, comes from uh, the Benedictine uh, monks who helped preserve remnants of civilization during the Dark Ages. Uh, monks certainly do live separate lives, uh, but are they a shining light on a hill that attracts their neighbors to Christ? or are they largely seen as weirdos who live exotic lives? Uh, agorism, separating from the economic system to create more local relationships and self-sustaining models of living, that sounds pretty good, but it can also be very limiting. It's hard to kind of live and, and function and move in society if you, if you follow that um, to, the, uh, to its logical conclusion. And we've also, I think, all heard of examples of homeschooling that failed to teach the kids the basics, um, and that has sometimes even been used to hide abuse. So disengagement from bad cultural and political systems seems like a no-brainer for many adults, but it can also lead to cultic attitudes that don't always serve the children who grow up in them or prepare them to live in the world. Sometimes these kids grow up and want nothing to do with how their parents raise them, so it's also counterproductive. So that's why I wanted to have a chat with Hannah. Sometimes I'll have um, you know, uh, professors of like theology or whatever on, and we'll talk about these sort of high-level concepts from an academic perspective, but what really interested me about Hannah is that she's doing this stuff on the ground level. She's a Christian. She's an agorist. She also homeschools her children. So, uh, Hannah, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Yeah. And so maybe we can start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and then why these issues sort of started to become important for you. Um, I don't really what, know what to say about myself, to be honest. There's kind of a lot and nothing to say at the same time. I mean, you pretty much covered it, you know, agorist, homeschooler, and uh, non-denominational non Christian, yes. Um, honestly, these have always been very important to me. I was off and on homeschooled growing up, and uh, I, I finally... In the middle of my second year of high school, I was at the point where I was begging to be homeschooled again because I just couldn't handle public school anymore with just with all the horror stories I was dealing with on a regular basis. I just could not take it. And at that point, 
I swore to myself, I was never going to homeschool or uh, public school my, my children, whichever future children I'd have, they were going to be homeschooled. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I've been homeschooling my kids since day one, you know, not since COVID and oh, now we all have to homeschool. No, no, I've been doing it well before that. And I don't have any intention to stop. Um, it's working out very well for my children. And yeah, I know, you know, there, there's definitely a lot of concerns, but like, like you said, people say, oh, well, they can hide abuse through it, or maybe they're not getting the proper education, et cetera. And that is, it, it happens, but that is just so far in between most homeschooled kids come out, not just fine, but better off in the long run than your average public school child. They're more successful. They're more just put together overall. They're happier. They thrive better. They, statistically, homeschool children do better for a multitude of reasons. I was just jotting down a note as you were talking because um, sometimes when people talk about uh, public schooling or whatever, they'll, I've often like sort of thought of it as like this prolonged hazing ritual, but people will say, oh, well, that's important that they need that, right? They need that sort of bullying or whatever that that builds character. And so um, it seems like it's an interest. It's interesting that those same people will sort of then talk about concerns for abuse uh, in a homeschooling environment. I've also, um, you know, I I went to public school all through, you know, all through my schooling and, uh, you know, and I I also meet people all the time who went through public school who, who can barely spell. And, and it makes you oh, wonder. Yeah. It makes you wonder if this argument about how how good public, you know, how important public schooling is, really holds much water, <laughs> right? Well, it's hysterical to me because parents of both sides of the political spectrum, so to speak, they all have their complaints about general society. You know, they'll the the right wing will say, "Oh, everybody is an idiot. Everybody is lazy and a degenerate." And you know, they're taking over the public schools, and we got to take it back. We got to take over the public school system. And then on the left side, they also complain. I mean, look at what we're dealing with now because of Roe versus Wade. They're like, "Oh my God, you know, we're nobody has grown up. Everyone's terrible. We're still fifty years back." And both sides complain about bullying epidemics, you know, and then you get the the right side complaining about groomers in the public schools. Everybody has different complaints mm-hmm. and they're all valid complaints. Honestly, like they all hold, you know, they all hold water here. But then these are the same people that are calling, oh, my God, everybody's an idiot. Everybody's a horrible person, blah, blah, blah. Well, most of these people are public schooled. So... <laughs> Clearly there, if you consider everybody to be a complete ignoramus, but they were all public schooled, what do you think the problem, what's the common denominator here, you know? And then they stick their kids in public schools and, oh, we're just going to take it back. We're just going to make it better. And then their kids grow up to be freaking, you know, disappointments in their eyes. And it's like, huh, maybe you weren't going to be the exception here. Just like every other parent who thought their kid would be the exception by still sticking them in a system that they see was failing. It makes no freaking sense. Yeah. And, you know, it it seems to me, you you talk about all these complaints that everybody has, the the system as it is requires homogeneity, right? Everyone gets the same system, the same education, Mm -hmm. the same solutions, um, yes. and, and what that means is that basically nobody's happy <laughs> because hey, that, that's yes, exactly. Yeah. Every, when everything is so centralized, there's no such thing. It basically becomes a one size fits all. And um, no one's really going to be satisfied with that. And, and I think too, 
Um, that, along with the fact that there's this kind of government force behind it to back it up, I think does create, when we talk about polarization a lot, you know, part of it is that we're, we're living in different communities and different environments. And, you know, uh, you know, mass media tries to kind of make this kind of one sort of digital Babylon where we all live together. Um, but uh, we're finding, you know, that we, we are, we're different, right? So people who are in, in Oklahoma and, in, you know, in, in, the, in the middle of the woods or whatever are shocked to find out that there's, you know, uh, drag queen story hours in New York City and it just completely distresses them. <laughs> and um, even though it's like, it's not anything they could control, it's not in their backyard. So like on the one hand, yeah, there's, there's this sense that we're, we're living these sort of separate lives, the internet kind of can sometimes ghettoize it because we find our own little communities, but we're also aware of all these different perspectives and different opinions. Um, and we're not really talking to each other. We're talking past each other. So there's that. Mm -hmm. But I think that the other, the other big thing that makes it really hard, I think, to get along is because every issue becomes an issue of political survival in our mind. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems to me that when we introduce force into every topic, every subject, you know, this is how we're going to do school. This is how we're going to do this, this is how we're going to do that. Um, people, it becomes a fight for survival, at least in the minds of people who are, who are struggling with these, with these issues. No, absolutely. And um, no one is really prepared to survive. And quite frankly, that is also because of public, no, it's public school as well. It's not going to teach you the skills you need to survive. You're being taught how to pass tests and that's it. You're not being taught how to think for yourself. You're not being taught to prepare for worst case situations. You're not even taught to really properly debate and come up with arguments that are going to get across the other person when you do have a complaint. You are, I mean, yeah, okay, some schools have debate classes or whatever, mm -hmm. but those are, I mean, in my experience, and I've been through four different high schools, no, one, only one of my schools actually offered like a debate class. And nobody was signing up for that because they're like, no, that's boring. Why would I want to do that? What nerds do. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. so nobody gave a about it. And nobody, just nobody knows how to function. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows how to function in the slightest. And I feel like that's a big part of why people like, you know, you, me, et cetera, there's just more drive to pull away because we don't want our kids being surrounded by that. Mm. And I say, we just as, you know, as a whole, you know, in the libertarian circle or whatever it may be. And I really believe more Christians need to feel this way too, because again, it makes no sense to acknowledge that there is a system that is so corrupt and so evil and so twisted and then stick your kids in the middle of it going, oh, but mine's going to be fine. Mine's going to be fine. How do you sit there and say college is turning kids communist? High schools are now turning kids communist. Now elementary schools are turning kids communist. Well, if they're turning if they're turning kids communist or they're turning them away from God, as you say, that means these kids were originally Christian Republicans like your own. So what makes you think yours is going to be the exception if you stick them in this? It, you're that, That's honestly, that's extremely narcissistic in a way because it's like, no, you're just throwing your kid in the wolves going, oh, he's going to be fine. And then they're not fine. And then what? What are you going to do now? Hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting, too, because. I was sort of talking, I was, when we, when in the introduction, I talked about kind of agorism and, and Christianity and homeschooling as these kind of philosophies of separation. Um, but I think that, um, you know, sometimes people use homeschooling to keep kids in, a, in the community. 
but a lot of the arguments that I hear for homeschooling are about maintaining individuality that I want my kid mm -hmm. uh, to not sort of have their love of learning beat out of them. I want them oh, to yes. be able to pursue their interests and sort of figure out what they're good at and what they're interested in. Um, and that feels very individualistic in some ways, right? No, that's exactly. Yeah. And agorism those is often more communal, right? It's about finding that community and, and engaging voluntarily. And I think Christianity is a very communal um, kind of religion, at least it ought to be. I know some people don't approach it that way. Um, and um, so th that seems like a difference in one, in one, on one side, on one level, but it seems to me that part of what all three of them are, are trying to push back against is malformed community, right? That we have a community that we call the United States of America that is based on coercion and political violence and threat. And we're saying, hey, we want to separate from that. Or, um, you know, we, we have this, this, this community is called schools that are kind of filled with, you know, bullying and, and often, you know, can be some kinds of indoctrination that, that happens. Um, and uh, this kind of um, destruction of sometimes individual interests and, you know, you have to do it this way, you have to do it that way. And so that what I think all of these philosophies of separation are trying to do is, is trying to push back against a malformed kind of community. Um, in regards to, you know, the individuality versus, you know, community sense, I mean, you're, you are completely correct. That is one of the main, I mean, personally, that's one of the main reasons why I homeschool my kids is because I don't see my kids just as kids. I see them as individuals and they mm -hmm. are even from each other, they are just completely opposite children in so many ways. And I celebrate that. I love watching their unique personalities and what just grow and blossom. I love seeing what they want to do and what they want to be. And I want to encourage that because they are unique individuals. And the way I see it, that is how God created them. And in order to have a functioning quote unquote commune, because in agorism, I mean, my personal beliefs, it's not like communism. It's more like, yeah, you really should make some connections and just have some local buddies where you can trade and barter kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that's just it. You're balancing each other out. You have skills that you can provide another person. They have skills that you don't have that they can provide for you. And so I feel like being an individual and embracing your unique skills and talents, et cetera, are actually very key to a functioning uh, communal society of any kind, agorism or whatever, because we are, we are, we're all going to have our strengths and weaknesses. We need to balance each other out. Yeah. If we're all just exactly the same, nothing's really, we can't do it all. Nothing is going to really thrive and fully function properly if everybody has the same mentality, everybody has the same skill sets, everybody has the same drives. It's just going to fall apart. So, yeah, honestly, I don't see that as um, anything that clashes. I just see that as more reason why the, the three homeschooling, agorism and Christianity, that's, that's just how they work together even more. Sure. Well, I like the way you described agorism. Everybody kind of contributes their own strengths because, or, you know, contributes their own, you know, abilities because it does feel, it, it sort of feels like a microcosm of free market capitalism or what it's supposed to be. And free market capitalism is often associated with individualism. Um, but, but it really, you know, if there's no one to trade with, <laughs> then you can't really have free market capitalism, right? Right. And so that, that trade aspect is very communal. It's saying, you know, here's something that I've developed. Here's something I'm good at. There's something over here that you've developed that you're good at and let's share and let's trade. And then everybody becomes sort of richer through that process. Um, so I do like that the way of thinking, because the way you said it, maybe just think about how 
uh, capitalism can be actually much more communal than, than we like to think that it is. Okay, so have you read um, Brian Kaplan's book, The Case Against Edu- The Case Against Education? No, I haven't. Okay, I, I I just finished it and it was kind of really fascinating because he he, he puts together all of this uh, data on um, the benefits of uh, you know finishing you know high school and college and so on and so forth, and what he points out is that. Um, most of what we learn in school, we forget. So we don't use it ever again. Um, and it's not necessarily what we learn that makes us hireable. And in, in most cases, you know, some, sometimes obviously they're not going to hire you as a doctor if you haven't, you know, <laughs> if you haven't been in medical school or <laughs> as a lawyer, if you haven't passed the bar or whatever. But um, in a lot of cases, what you're, what you're actually demonstrating is what he calls, uh, basically he's, he's saying it's signaling, that you're signaling to employers, not that you know something that's going to be useful, but that you have character traits. And these character traits are intelligence, conscientious, and conformity. So you're smart enough to succeed, you're conscientious enough to, to complete the tasks, and but you're also not so much of an individual <laughs> that you're you're not going to obey orders, right? Or that you're, so, um, so basically, um, you know, that conformity aspect that you're going to do what the teachers tell you to do and you're going to complete it. And what he points out is you can actually see like how, you know, let's say you were in college for four, four years and you had one class to complete, you didn't complete it. So you didn't get your degree. That one last class to complete it is actually what gets, gets you the benefits in the job market. And so even if it were like, you know, let's, let's say you're, you're, you're in, in school for, um, to be an engineer and, and you didn't take that, that last class on Asian poetry or something, uh, <laughs> it's going to be hard for you to get a job as an engineer. And what he's sort of really arguing is, is that we think of school as preparing kids for something. But what he's really saying is that it's, it's really a way to demonstrate that you have certain traits that make you uh, a good cog in a wheel in a corporation, <laughs> basically. Oh, yeah which I thought was a really fascinating argument and, and I think pretty defensible as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, public school, it just, there is no true desire to work with kids on the individual and embrace who they are. They don't want us to be, I mean, obviously, because it's not even just to the point where they're simply educating children. They're not just like, okay, two plus two is four and, you know, all the basics. They're not just keeping it that they're now putting political agenda and propaganda strictly into it, which I remember growing up, I, 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 all my schooling was done in California and Mm -hmm. teachers definitely try to tiptoe around that. My mom, especially would complain because we'd tell her, oh yeah, they're pushing propaganda again. (laughs) We kind of ratted the teachers out on a regular basis, my brothers and I, and now it's not simply educating and let the children come up with their own opinions, let them be their own individuals. It's no, you're going to think this, you're going to have these opinions just like I do. You are going to be one in the same. Hmm. There is no desire to create individuals. It is strictly, you're going to be a cog in the system. Well, yeah, I grew up in Southwest Ohio, which was so my, my public schooling uh, was, was more conservative <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, I know that all this stuff happens. They talk about indoctrination on, on a political level. I, 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 I tend to think that it's probably exaggerated, but I also know that it happens. Um, and, and I, but I think for me, you know, and I know that's, that's a reason why somebody might take their kids out of school is because they're concerned about certain political indoctrination. But I think in a lot of ways, as, as, a, as a Marshall McLuhan said, that the medium is the message that what schooling teaches is what it is. 
It's not necessarily that, well, they're, they're, they're teaching all these things that we don't like. It's really that schooling in and of itself is an approach to thinking and, and living and being in the world. And that's what's being taught. It's that um, you are you are supposed to conform. You're supposed yes. to sort of, you know, go along and, 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 and you know, obey. Um, and so I think to me, that's what's most distressing. You can, you can put window dressing around that that's progressive. You can put window dressing around that that's conservative. Um, but, but in the end, it's, it's schooling itself is what's being taught. It's not what schooling teaches. It's what schooling is that I think yes. can be the yes. problem. You know, you're, you're completely right. They are basically just teaching you how to listen, how to conform, how to follow a schedule, how to respond to, oh, the bell rings. It's time for this. It's, it's dog-like training, honestly, <laughs> because that's how society is seen. I mean, it's, we're not supposed to question. We are not supposed to stand up and be like, no, this is wrong. And we need to do things our own way. We are taught, no, the world is black and white and you can only choose black and white. You're either this person or you're that person. And that is it. Anyone out of the norm is demonized. They're the weird kids. They're the antisocial kids. And maybe they are very social, but they're just different. So they have a hard time making friends simply because they have different interests, but they're, but they're labeled as the problem. It's not, oh, this kid is just a different person with their own unique interests and likes. And so they're having a hard time finding somebody that shares unique interests. Just, oh no, they're, they're, they're weird. They're antisocial. They're not normal. And we need to make them normal. I mean, I actually remember an instant I have, uh, when I was in junior high, very similar. I, I was that child. I had excellent grades. I was very well behaved and and I did have a rough home life, but I was just kind of my own person. I didn't know how to be anyone but my own person. And I had no desire to be anybody but my own person. And so I, at that point, I was kind of already on the edge of libertarianism <laughs> pretty hard. And um, I didn't really, I didn't grow up with a lot of the same things that the modern kids did. I listened to a lot of older music. I didn't watch modern shows. I mean, so I, I kind of had very different interests from everyone else. And I got picked on for it a lot. I literally had like a group of kids that would just follow me everywhere, just calling me names, pushing me around, just, you know, harassing me. And I wasn't allowed to fight back, but I just had enough. And so I went to my principal about it and I'm like, this is a regular occurrence and they just won't leave me alone. I'm literally just trying to sit here and read my book and they can't even let me do that. And his response to me was, you need to learn how to be more like them. Okay. You need to start dressing more like them. You need to act more like them. You need to start listening to more music like they do and they'll leave you alone. It wasn't, hey, let's stop the bullying that's literally going on on a daily basis. It was just be more like them. I don't care that you're an individual. You're the problem and you need to change. That was the message he sent. He said to me. And that was 20 years ago. You know, though, this is not a recent thing. This has been going on. I mean, it's. That was in California too. <laughs> yes, <Okay>. in California. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that in Ohio. It seems a little strange to say in California. Oh no, California schools are absolutely horrible. I mean, again, I went through four different high schools alone, yeah. and they were every single school had issues, like bad. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, people ask me like, oh, how are you already radicalized against public school? Because y'all radicalized me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was the top notch student, overachiever, teacher's pet. I was skipping my lunch breaks to clean up trash around the school. I was tutoring deaf kids after school. I didn't know sign language. I just figured out how to communicate with them and help their grades get higher. I mean, I was a good kid, but because I was different, mm-hmm. I was still demonized by everybody. I wasn't hurting anybody. I just wanted to be left alone. I just wanted to sit there, read my books and be left alone. That's all I wanted. But that was just too much to ask because I dressed different, because I looked different, because I didn't like the same music as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's interesting. We, we kind of talked about how schools teach conformity. But yeah, for, for some kids like you and I guess like me, um, you know, growing up in that system kind of radicalized us against it in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Absolutely. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, this is off topic. You, you mentioned watching old shows. Were you a Nick at Night kid like I was? Oh, I didn't even have cable until I was 12. Oh, OK. OK. Never yeah, mind. I was watching. No, I was watching like National Geographic and Nova and crap like okay. that. Oh, well, I was watching documentaries. Gotcha. Gotcha. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Th- those were cool, too. But yeah, I watched a lot of Nick at Night. I had a when I was, I think, nine years old, I had a a book. It was a Nick at Night's classic TV companion. And it had like episode guides for all these like old like shows from the fifties, sixties and seventies. Anyway, um, that was like my Bible. So, um, <laughs> okay. Um, well, so, I mean, we, we, we've kind of critiqued the, the system as it is. Um, how can we function in the world as it is to be different, to kind of go our own path, uh, but to still be able to, to still be able to function in the world as it is. And then I think maybe a second question, and maybe we could address this separately, um, is how do you be different um, without um, without sort of increasing polarization? Like, how, how is it that we can sort of live live our own lives, you know, choose to, to, to do things the way we want to do them uh, without necessarily hating people that are, are that disagree with us or um, sort of dehumanizing them or or you know decontextualizing them and what they're saying. Just be yourself and stop caring what other people think about what you do. That's good. Honestly, I mean, I, I, that is on, I, I get that a lot. I will get people who message me and they're like, Hey, I, I, I want to homeschool my kids. I want to do this. I want to do that. Cause I'm completely on your side here. I believe this just like you do, but I'm afraid to do it because what if my, my grandparents, you know, make some comments? What if my uh, fiance doesn't like it? What if you know, and I'm like, these are your kids. Are you going to sit here and tell me you'd rather have your kids go into this public school system that you are morally against because you're afraid of getting some eye rolls on Thanksgiving? Mm -hmm. Like what's more important? People need to stop caring in that regard. Care about who you are as an individual, care about how your kids are being raised. You know, like, I'm not saying don't care entirely. Oh, just screw you guys. I do what I want. Like, no, no. Because Kind of going back to what you said earlier, you know, how do we look like a beacon of light upon the mountain kind of thing? And where are we just going to be looked at as the weirdos? How we live our lives as the quote unquote outcasts, weirdos, whatever it may be, how we ultimately look to other people does absolutely speak worlds to those who are watching us. If we are just living a life of, well, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to keep making bad decisions because screw you guys. I do what I want. Anarchy. Yay. That's only going to turn people away from us. We're going to look like the degenerates. And quite frankly, that's only going to 
end up in more regulations and more restrictions on us. It's going to be more difficult for us to pull away and live our peaceful lives if we set these bad images on other people. So yes, care, but also don't care as long as you know you are not hurting anybody. Live a life of righteousness, protect your kids, be happy, be healthy, just be the best person you can be. And then what do they have to really complain about? They can sit there and read all they want, but if there's no, you know, no actual problems, well, all they're doing is boohoo, you're different, and they're just being a bully. Just tune them the fuck out. Honestly. Yeah. Well, so um, as I was listening to you talk, I was thinking, you know, you can care about making the right choice. You should care about making the right choice. You should care about yes. people. If they have good advice, you should want to listen to it. Uh, but you don't necessarily have to care about approval, right? Yeah, exactly. We're not here for anybody's approval. I'm not here for your approval Mm -hmm. and nobody's here for my approval. Mm -hmm. That's not what life's about. I mean, life, I mean, especially as a Christian, we are flat out taught that if we are living life as holy as possible, no one is going to approve of us. Because the rest of the world is unholy and they're, you know, screwed up or degenerates, whatever it may be. They're not going to like us. So just be prepared for that. I mean, God, that was pushed on me heavily as a kid. And I think that's kind of part of why I am how I am now. Mm-hmm. I always knew I was not going to have people approving the way I live, no matter how good I was. And that still holds true. And I just don't care because as Christians are taught to believe, we're only going for God's approval, not satan's world's approval mm-hmm. like that's literally the op if you're going for the rest of the world's approval you're literally doing the opposite of what we are called to do yeah okay so i think i got maybe maybe uh one last substantial question which is um how do you practice agorism this this idea of sort of uh you know voluntary uh interactions and tran- transactions that are sort of separated so i assume you're not completely apart from uh, the, the, the sort of financial system that we've got, right? So, so how do you sort of try to practice agorism in your in your kind of day to day? I do what I can. Homeschooling is absolutely a big part of it because I don't want my kids to be involved in the government indoctrination. I want them to be good. I just want them to be to thrive and be happy and healthy and adulthood. I want them to function. You know, I don't have this need to see them be celebrities. I just want them to be happy and wholesome, good adults. And I don't feel like they are going to reach their full potentials if they are in public schools. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know they're not. (laughs) Um, I do homestead where I can. I run my own, you know, handmade business, making my own money. I'm my own boss. You know, I just kind of do what I want as long as it's not bad, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not doing anything illegal. Like I'm not trying to cause problems. I'm literally just trying to be left alone and function and take care of my kids. That's, that's really all there is to it. Just do your thing and don't give a damn what other people think as long as you're not hurting them. Well, I want to thank you again, Hannah, for uh, taking time to, to be here to talk with me. It's uh, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do. It's a lot, a lot of what I'm trying to do as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, I appreciate you making, making time. I know you're, you're, you stay busy, but, uh, um, thank you for being here. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much.